What's up? It is Tracy Jackson, also known as the Spiritual Cheerleader, coming to you live with your weekly pep. Welcome to episode 13 of Weekly Pep. It's time for a love revolution. Lenny Kravitz. Um, Obviously, I do not own the rights to the song. I played just a little bit of it for you guys. Um, But that song has stuck with me since I heard it when his album, It's Time for a Love Revolution, came out a few years back. Um, It's something that I really and truly believe is uh, needed right now in our world. Um, There have been recent events that have shown um, that there's an intense call for love in our world. And this is not, these two incidents are not um, isolated. I mean, there's tons of incidents that have occurred this year um, that show that there is an intense need and call for love in this world. And I really want to speak to it because I don't know who is <laughs> necessarily and speak to it from a spiritual perspective because I feel that um, we're called to love one another um, in every every single um, religious tradition there is this idea of oneness the idea that uh, in in many there are one um, in the United States alone we have on our uh, are in our money, <laughs> you know. We've got e pluribus unum, which again stands for in many one, and that's what our country was founded on. That's what our founding fathers um, really wanted to embody in this country was this oneness, and yet we have become a country that is focused on separateness and division and differences rather than one that is focused on what we have in common, which number one is being human. Um, And, you know, having a, a spiritual experience while being human, having that spirit within us, um, being that spiritual being who, who lives on this earth to walk, uh, in in their humanness. Um, that's something that we all have in common. And, and yet so few out there really focus on that. We focus more on the things that divide us rather than the things that unite us. And so I really wanted to speak to that today. Um, I really wanted to share, you know, five things that I feel if we need to do collectively in this country and around the world to bring more love in into our world. Um, you know, Gandhi said, be the change that you want to see. Michael Jackson said, you know, uh, to take a look 
at the man in the mirror. And if you want to make the world a better place, you got to take a look at yourself to make the change, right? Um, the change starts with us. It starts in you, you. We can't put it on other people to change for us. If we change, of, of course, the ripple effect starts occurring. But until we start making the changes in our own daily lives, we can't expect those changes to occur in uh, other areas. So the, the one thing that I really have to say, starting off the bat, is hate has no place in our world. It has no place here. You know, we have to see it for what it is. Hate is a call for love. Violence is a call for love. When we think about people like bullies, we, we, we say a lot of times, um, you know, it, I, there's no place for bullies. There's no, you know, we don't need bullying in our, in our world. We don't. We absolutely don't. But let's think about why that person possibly became a bully. Is it possible that they grew up in a way where they were bullied? Is it possible that they grew up looking for love and this is now an action crying out for that love? That's what we have to look at. Violence and the actions that, you know, have been occurring in our world today, they're all cries for love. They're all a, a call for love. Um, I Remember when I first, you know, read a, a Return to Love by Marianne Williamson, and I just was so caught up with that whole idea of, you know, either there is love or a call for love. Um, we have to look at it that way. Um, I just wanted to read a, a short portion of um, that book to you guys right now, because I feel like this provision is so um, or this portion of the book is so relevant to what we're experiencing right now. It says, love is what we were born with. Fear is what we have learned here. The spiritual journey is the relinquishment or unlearning of fear and the acceptance of love back into our hearts. Love is the essential ex existential fact. It is our ultimate reality and our purpose on earth. To be consciously aware of it, to experience love in ourselves and others is the meaning of life. Mic drop, right? I mean, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy how we've allowed fear, the fear that we've learned here to take over our lives. The actions that have been precipitated against others in this world are acts that arose from fear. Fear of what that other person supposedly had that we didn't have or fear that that person was succeeding in a way that we weren't succeeding. Um, I mean, if you really trace it back to that, that's all of the, all of the actions that have occurred have arisen out of fear and fear is a call for love. That's what it is. We have to remember that. One other passage that I really want to, um, want to share with you uh, from A Return to Love says it like this, fear is our shared lovelessness, our individu individual and collective hells. It's a world that seems to press on us from within and without, giving constant false testimony to the meaninglessness of love. When fear is expressed, we recognize it as anger, abuse, 
disease, pain, greed, addiction, selfishness, obsession, corruption, violence, and war. Love is within us. It cannot be destroyed. It can only be hidden. Right? So the fear is something that we've learned and it expresses itself in these ways as a call for love. A Course in Miracles says it here. It says fear arises from a lack of love. That's where it comes from. That's where hate comes from. Where there is no love, fear arises. And fear breeds and expresses itself in the anger and the violence and the hatred of another. So firstly, we have to recognize that hate has no place in our world. We, can, we can't focus on that. We can't focus on, um, you know, the these random acts of violence and, and, and put the hate back on these individuals and these groups that are coming out to us. Because in that case, we're just as bad as them. Instead, we have to flip it. We have to come from love. We have to express love. And one of the one of the key ways um, that I you know do this is through prayer, through the power of prayer. I know a lot of people, especially um, when these violent incidents happen, they sh- they they kind of use the whole idea of thoughts and prayers as a a bypass to doing something tangible. When I say pray here, I'm not saying that we're not going to do something tangible. So I don't want you to get upset at the fact of the prayer and asking for prayer um, here because we're actually going to take some actions as well. <laughs> so I I still feel the need to have prayer. We have to have both. It's not one or the other. It's not that prayer is bad. We need both of them. Prayer works on a spiritual level where we, it it works in the unseen realms, in the places that we can't touch. It's, It's a power that is unmatched. When I pray, I'm praying to something greater than me to cause a change in the unseen realms that will trickle down to the seen realms. That's what I'm doing when I pray. And so when I pray, I don't just pray for the victims um, that have experienced this violence or um, the the people that were affected. I pray for everyone. I pray for the, the person that actually committed that act of violence. Why do I do that? Because, again, it's a call for love. The person that did that didn't feel love. They felt fear. And because they felt fear, they acted out in a way that was wrong-minded. That's that's how the Course puts it, that, that you act out in a way that isn't productive, in a way that is expressing that fear rather than acting from love. So I pray for them. I pray for them to get back into right thinking. I pray for, for them to realize the error of their ways. I pray for them to you know, be an example to any others who would try to try to do that same thing or to feel that that fear has to be expressed in that way. 
I, I pray for them to be an example of what not to do rather than, you know, what to do. I don't want them. I don't want others to do that same thing. So I pray. I pray um, for that person to get back into right minded thinking so that they can uh, deter others from taking that course of action. So um, hate has no place. Secondly, pray for everyone. Third, and this is what helps me to be able to pray for everyone, is seeing people the way God sees them. In God, we are perfect beings. We are perfect in the mind's eye of God. You know, even um, when we when we err, when we when we pull away, when we um, miss the mark. God still loves us. Our higher power, whoever that is, still cares for us, regardless of the fact that we walked away. I mean, we see it in so many <laughs> various texts, um, you know, from the Christian tradition, which is the tradition I grew up in. We see the prodigal son um, who turned his back on his father and how when he decides to come back home, his father lavishes gifts on him. Um, praising him, you know, for coming back and, you know, not seeing the error of him leaving, but just seeing the the beauty of him coming back. And I, I imagine that God sees us that way when we when we walk away from him, when we we do things that are out of out of character in the sense that we are supposed to be loving beings. That's what we came here with. That's who we were when we came into this world. We were love and we piled on the fear. God sees us as how we came in this world. He sees us as pure love, perfect in his eye. And so when heinous acts are committed, when violent acts are committed, it doesn't change his love for us. It, it, you know, I, I remember uh, in the in the Bible, it talks about God being grieved, like he he's he's sad. It's not it's not like uh, not like I'm you know I'm ready to bring down hellfire and damnation because this person stepped out of line. It's it's like any parent would be when your child strays when. They do something that you don't feel is appropriate. You feel disappointed, right? And I, I, I suspect that God might feel a little bit disappointed, but he never stops seeing us as perfect children of God. Like he never stops seeing us as perfect. And so if I can see people the way God sees people, if I can see them as somebody crying out for love or somebody who is pure love, I'm able to see them the way he sees them. And therefore, I look at them through the eyes of compassion rather than the eyes of judgment. And that's what we need to focus on is focusing on the compassion aspect there. I don't know um, the 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 details and situation of the perpetrators of these heinous acts that occurred this week in Kentucky and um, in Pittsburgh. I don't know. 
But what I do know is the fact that they did it keys in that they were calling out for love. And for that reason alone, I have compassion for them. Because I, I've been in that situation where I felt that I'm, I'm calling out for love and I'm angry or I'm fearful or whatever. Yeah, no, I never picked up a gun. I never did that. But we don't know what their situation is. We don't know what their mental health was. We don't know um, their set of circumstances. And by no means am I justifying their actions. I, I think their actions were reprehensible. I think they were completely depraved. They were the act of a depraved mind, okay? But at the same time, I can see that person as somebody who was crying out for love. I can see them that way. And I ask for prayer for them to help them to get back to right thinking, to get the help that they need, to feel the love that they need to feel so that that never happens again. Next up, I, I really cannot emphasize this enough of seeing our similarities rather than our differences. We have more in common as a people than we do differences. Yes, it's wonderful that we celebrate our unique characteristics, the, the wonderful aspects of us that are different. I, I'm all behind that. I love who I am. I love um, all of the things that have made me who um, I am today. You know, I feel like we all are a, a mix in some way of others. Um, when you look at the genealogy reports for most Americans, we've got a smattering of everywhere. There's very few that are just isolated in one area. Like a lot of us are all over the place. I mean, especially with African-Americans, we, we're all over the place. You know, um, do I, you know, condone what happened to make us from be, be from all over the place? No, I don't. I, you know, I, I, I definitely um, stand with my ancestors who had to endure um, various hardships uh, and um, violent acts committed against them that brought me into the world today. Um, but at the same time, I, I am proud that my ancestors were strong enough to allow me to come into this world. That's, you know, I, I'm proud of that. Um, and like I said, I, I see our similarities more so than our differences. I see in my friends who look nothing like me, I see the similarity that we have between us rather than the differences. And I think that's one of the things that we're missing. We're focusing more on what divides us rather than what unites us. Um, you know, I spoke a, a little bit about this even uh, earlier this week on one of my lives on Facebook. I spoke to the, the fact of this, this whole idea of, you know, conscious politics and really um, being and having a concerted effort to vote based on whether somebody's a decent human being. Like they, they, they live by, you know, a code that allows them to be a decent human being. They're not just voting party lines, they're voting on decent human rights. Decent human rights, you know? Um, and there are people on both sides of the aisle 
that that vote based on decent human rights. There are. I know there are. I've seen them. I, I've I've experienced them in my own, you know, um, daily life, uh, especially as an attorney in Texas. Um, there's a ton of people across the aisle from me, but they're decent human beings, first and foremost. And I feel like even in this vote, in this idea of, you know, voting, it's this us versus them mentality. Brene Brown talks about it in her book, um, you know, about how, you know, we, Braving the Wilderness is the name of her book. And I'll, um, I'll include that in the resources along with the other books that I've referenced today. Um, but she talks about that whole idea of crossing the divide and realizing that we're similar beings more so than we're separate. Yes, we all have a common goal. Yes, we differ on some of our viewpoints, but there are certain things that as a decent human being, we should be able to agree on. We should be able to agree that people need um, resources and uh, treatments for mental health. It's, it's clear in this world that we're, we're having a struggle with mental health. And that, that too is a call for love. That struggle for mental health shows that we have, have walked away in some sense from um, the, the things that we know to be true. When, when one knows their identity, you don't, there's no wavering, there's no back and forth. But when you've stepped away from your identity as a loving being, yeah, you're gonna have some like questions in your mind. You're gonna be going back and forth. You're not gonna be stable. I mean, that's just, that's just, you know, logic, right? So we've gotta get back to caring for our people in a way that supports them, not pushes them down. The fact that, you know, there's people out here that don't have a basic human right of healthcare because they don't have a job, you know, or they don't work at a certain place. That's crazy to me. That's absolutely crazy. That should be a basic human right that if I need health services, I can go get them. And that they don't, you know, put me into bankruptcy by going to get them. That should be something that we look to. Um, and finally, uh, I said it's time for a love revolution. We've got to um, show love everywhere. We've got to show our have and have conscious politics in action. We've got to vote um, based on a, a decent humanness the similarity that's within us all, the oneness that's within us all, to, to say, like, nobody needs this. Nobody needs this gun, you know? We don't need, um, you know, uh, semi-automatic weapons. We don't need these. We don't need this, you know? Like, weapons that are, are built for war, we don't need them on the streets. We don't need them um, in private homes, no. Like one, one should suffice, you know, one, one bullet should suffice. We don't need a hundred to come out in five seconds. We just don't need it. And that's what the gun reform is about. It's not taking away the guns. 
I, I don't believe in necessarily taking away the guns because my my family alone. Um, I grew up in Alabama. I grew up in a family of hunters. I, you know, pretty much everyone uh, on my mother's side of the family had a gun. You know, I I understand that aspect. I understand that. I don't understand the need for automatic weapons. I don't understand that at all. Um, not ones that are war quality. I absolutely don't. And that's where I feel like we need gun reform. And there's people out there that are voting this way, that are that are speaking to this. And I, I'm not saying who to vote for. Obviously, that's on you. That's, that's who um, you need to pick. But I just ask that you let your conscience be the guide. I mean, I hate to, to focus on Jiminy Cricket here, but, um, you know, he had he had a point. And, you know, for me, I let my conscience guide me. I did not um, vote on a straight ticket um, because I do know people across the aisle that are decent human beings. And I'm tired of the separateness between us. I'm tired of the division. And I feel like the division breeds more division in our country. And I feel like that message should be spoken from the top down. And it's not being spoken from the top down right now. What's being spoken is the fact that division is good and that separation is good. And it's not. We have no place for it in this world. And like I said, at the beginning, it's time for a love revolution. I hope that you'll join me in being conscious with your politics. Obviously, November 6th is right around the corner. Early voting is still continuing, at least here in Texas. Um, I implore you to look up in the areas that you are living and see if early voting is available in your areas. Check the times. Um, the locations, make sure that you have the correct identification needed um, before you go up. And please make sure to exercise your right to vote. Um, it's, it's something that we need to do. We can't just love our enemies. We can't just pray for our enemies. We have to also take action too. As I mentioned at the beginning of this, We've got two, a two-pronged approach. We pray and we see each other as God sees us, but we also have to take action to care for our people. We are one. What happens to my brother happens to me. If my brother doesn't have mental health resources, I don't have mental health resources. And we've got to help that. If my brother doesn't have the adequate health care that he needs, I don't have the adequate health care I need. And we've got to start being a people that are looking out for our brother and not literally saying, oh, well, doesn't have it. Oh, well, you know, I, I got it. So I'm good. We are a brother's keeper. It's time for a love revolution and it starts today. Thank you very much. And feel free to check out the resources on my page, www.tracyscjackson.com dot com forward slash resources. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.